0: Hello, and welcome to an episode of Cat the Baker. I'm Chef KB. Have you ever been so physically tired that you can't sleep? Like, your body's just too tired. I slept for a few hours, and then I'm just laying there, and my legs are aching, and I'm thinking, oh my god, like, I I don't know if I can do this physically, being a chef. Like... <laughs> You know, and it's not like it's gonna get better, really, because I'm just more ambitious with other things I wanna do. So, is that realistic, physically? Starting at 8.30 a.m. and leaving at 10 p.m.? I mean, that was rough. So last night, there were about 300 A-lister people at the hotel. They paid David Chang and his team to create the dinner. We did it last year and it was very smooth. It was a lot of work, like these people have a lot of what they don't eat lists and it's way more than what they do eat. I don't know how many items there are on the do not eat list, a lot. And then there's like six items on the eat list. Where is the joy that's left in eating? If you don't eat anything, it seems like the more money people have, the less they eat. And they have these crazy requests. Like, it's it's ridiculous. And I'm thinking, like, if I ever get to that level where I can just have these ridiculous requests when I go to a hotel for, like, two nights, I would just request these extreme cakes Like, you know, I would request an opera cake. And then I just imagine the pastry chef freaking out. Like, what the hell? I've got to make this opera cake with 10 layers, you know. Because an opera cake is chocolate genoise with coffee buttercream, chocolate ganache. Like, it has all these alternating layers. And I love it. I love cakes with these small layers in between and all different textures. I would be like, yeah, (laughs) I'll take an cake. I would want elaborate foods, not foods that are eggless and have no flavor. Like this group came to me, I mean, not personally, you know, but basically I got a recipe for muffin that they want and it's horrible. It's a horrible muffin. It has no flavor and the texture is like baby food. I'm like really like this is what you want the more money you make the higher in the ranks you want to eat baby food like literally <laughs> these people are asking for pureed bananas in a glass like it looks disgusting in a glass like just eating pureed bananas <laughs> and this muffin recipe it's eggless egg <laughs> which already sounds wrong but it's flaxseed soaked in water and you blend it and it just looks like um gray vomit you know it has this horrible texture like i guess eggy (laughs) if you will and uh, but it's just gray you know it's just gray and already so that's the base and then you've got mashed bananas you have coconut flour almond meal and coconut nectar, which you can't find anywhere, so I use agave as a sweetener. Anyway, you mix all this stuff together, and the coconut flour soaks everything up like crazy, and it's super dry, yet you've got bananas in there which are wet, so like the muffin paper is wet, yet the actual muffin is crazy dry and you have a hard time swallowing it because of the coconut flour. I had to make these same muffins last year and I was so over it because they were awful that anything I had left over I threw away and I like threw away the recipe. I'm like, no, no more. And then it comes back again this year and uh, it's the worst. And I remembered, okay, this is the exact same as last year and it stressed me out last year. And it doesn't even taste good. It doesn't taste good. So we made it again this year. But because the coconut flour soaks up so much moisture, we kept adding more moisture, because it was just so dry. Yet the thing was, now it was too wet and had even more of a baby food consistency. We baked these muffins, and then after the event in the morning, there was a complaint, like the planner, who gave me the recipe was saying, what's wrong with these muffins? They taste horrible. And I'm like, well, it's not even my recipe. I have really good vegan recipes for muffins and they come out great and they taste great. Like I make this really good banana muffin. It's not vegan because it has eggs in it, but I'm sure it would work with this eggless base with the flaxseed, but it's gluten-free, it's dairy-free, and it's sugar-free. And you're thinking, what is left? <laughs> exactly. But this actually tastes good. You know, and I, I used to make this other vegan muffin and I would put berries in it. And I'm sure that would be good too. You know, it's like, maybe just give me a chance. Like this is my job, right? I have to make things taste good. If you give me your horrible recipe that is already bad, how can I make this better? Like this is, stressful like <laughs> don't do and then don't complain that it doesn't taste good if it's your recipe like hello <laughs> anyway this is what was going on we're stressing over these horrible muffins and it's just such a you know food is meant to be nutritious and taste good at the same time you know if you're paying so much money for a recipe to taste bad why <laughs> like why so yeah, this is what I was dealing with. And then last year, we did a plated dinner. We made 300 plated desserts. My assistant, she created this vegan cashew hazelnut chocolate mousse with this vegan hazelnut sponge. And it was great, it was perfect. You know, It was a lot of work, there are a lot of components, especially when you're plating 300. But the pastry did their job, the banquets did their job, Everything was plated, everything went out on time. It was great, you know? I mean, it was a lot of work. And then this year, they hired David Chang and his team to basically make all the food, which I was fine with, because it was a bit more, like, stress-free, because we didn't have to do a plated dessert. But then they wanted me to support them, so they had trouble baking at Elevation. You know, and yes, you have to make certain changes. I'm used to baking at elevation, you know, because I baked in Flagstaff, like at high elevation. You know, the difference is at sea level, things proof faster. You don't have to bake at a lower temperature. For instance, at elevation, you pretty much have to lower everything. So instead of baking at 350, you bake at 325, depending on what you're baking. And things take two to three times longer to rise if you're using yeast. So you have to adjust the recipe a little bit. Sometimes you might have to add a bit more yeast, you might have to add like a bread improver to maintain moisture, and there's just certain things, you know, and you have to adjust your recipe. The same recipe that works at sea level will not work at high elevation. So this team, and of course David Chang didn't show up pretty much until the day before, but he didn't He didn't do any of the cooking, He just tasted everything and made sure, you know, everything went out the way he wanted it to, which is fine. You know, that's what you do, I guess, when you're a celebrity chef. Maybe, maybe I can talk about that someday. I don't know. (laughs) But (laughs) not right now. So this team, they had trouble with their bread. They came to me. They tried it like three times and it wasn't coming out and it didn't look good. And I made some suggestions, and then I said, you know, we have a recipe. An assistant on my team, he's very passionate about bread. I got together with him, and we're like, okay, let's do this, because they asked us for help. In the end, we made the dough, because we knew it would come out, and they needed 500 dinner rolls. We just made the dough, and then they divided everything, because we don't have a divider. Like, yes, the hotel is luxury, but the kitchen is not, you know, so certain equipment I don't have. If I, when, when I open up my own thing, I know there's certain things I have to have. And every chef, every chef expects certain things from pastry. They just say, I want this, and they'll send you like 10 pictures, make it happen. And I'm like, first of all, you know, we don't have this equipment, right? (laughs) Like in my head, you know? And, And I'll say, oh, you, you do need this and this and this to make this, but they don't realize that, you know, and then when you say, oh, I need this piece of equipment, they're like, well, that's $8,000. I'm like, yeah, it's called an investment. If you want these type of pastries, then yeah, you need certain equipment, something they'll never understand, but that's another thing. So anyway, we ended up making the bread and it came out great, it was beautiful. And then David Chang shows up like a day before the event, just says hi to his team. When I saw him, you know, I say, you know, hi, chef. He shook my hand. He was very nice and respectful. Like this, this team was very respectful. The chef in charge, he was very open to suggestions and help. That was nice. You know, because when those other top chefs from Top Chef came in, they were super messy and all over the place. So this was nice, you know, that they were not. But it was funny because the whole kitchen was kind of crazy. Obviously there were like four extra chefs for this event, cooking everything You know, with the assistants that are already working in the hotel. Most of them were helping these chefs. So everywhere is packed in the kitchen, so much going on. And then in pastry, it's all like chill vibes. Everyone's happy, we're laughing. (laughs) And then two of my assistants were helping on the other side and every time they'd come into pastry, like they'd stop and just breathe. And then they're like, it's so much nicer in here. I'm like, yeah, I know. I was like, I just scheduled you there so that you know what you have, that you appreciate working in pastry. (laughs) Not really, but you know, I like to joke. So I guess the main stressor were these muffins since we didn't have to do plated dessert. But then yesterday was the event and I basically had to stay all day and I had to help. They did everything family style which for 300 people is not a good idea. Everything was kind of all over the place and it's so much work. It's so much more work. You know, if you're in a restaurant, family style is easier. You have a few tables, you bring everything out at the same time and people kind of eat what they want, right? At like a heightened level for 300 people, family style is more stressful. It's better to just get everything plated, get it out of the way and it's done and you can clean up. You know, so last year everything was on time. This year everything was delayed. So, first of all, they were delayed just coming in. There were too many hot boxes, and everything was set up in a ballroom. It's not even a full on kitchen. You know, you're just doing this makeshift plating in the background. Because it's family style, you need way more hot boxes to keep everything hot. Because there was fish, there was chicken, there was prime rib that they smoked. They had this giant smoker and they smoked everything, like the prime rib, you know, just all these proteins you have to keep hot. So first of all, the hotel doesn't have this huge amount of hot boxes. So they were pulling out all these different hot boxes and some of them like were not in the best shape. And then there's not enough power outlets and basically they had to set up all these different outlets like extra power voltage machines, you know, generators that can hold extra power. but. It kept tripping, like all these, it was overheating, so then they had to change the power, and then the food was getting cold, and anyway, it was just like kind of a headache. All these A-listers and celebrities, you know, they're talking forever, and it's like, as a chef, you have to set the pace for how you want people to eat. It just took forever to get started, and since it's family style, they started with a salad, so it was like a regular salad, and everything were big bowls. You know, so there were 32 tables, two stations on both sides of the ballroom, and everybody was plating for these different bowls. You know, but there was a main salad. There was an heirloom tomato salad. There were just so many different courses. And it was just kind of a nightmare. And they weren't really telling us the help they needed. So I kind of felt a bit useless. You know, I was like helping where I could, but it didn't have flow. So everything was delayed. It was probably like an hour and a half delay total. And everything was brought out on these platters. So every table got a platter of everything. But first of all, these people don't really eat. (laughs) So you've got these huge platters, one full platter of chicken. It was like whole chicken cut up per table. One full platter of prime rib, which David Chang could not stop eating as we're serving. He was very passionate about the prime He was just standing there, just eating it as all this food was going out. At the same time, he had trouble breathing. Like, he wasn't feeling very well. A lot of people that come to Aspen don't feel well the first couple of days because of the elevation. So a lot of people are just super tired. They can't sleep. Their nose is dry. They're not getting enough oxygen. So the spa director gave him like three tubes of this breathable oxygen. So he kept sucking on that tube like 10 times. And then he's like, oh my God, I feel better. And then he kept going to the prime rib of eating it. <laughs> like I was just watching him thinking, what is going on? When you had full platters of fish, it's like all these people ate or like vegan things, right? And flavorless things. I mean, this food was very flavorful. It was on the saltier side. You're having full platters of all this food per table. There was so much waste. It was just kind of insane. The amount of people you could feed on this food, you know, I get it, like there are celebrities and for family style, I guess it looks better when you have fuller platters. And another reason why family style, I don't think works for such a large event. There was so much food. It was excessive. And then for dessert, it was rice pudding. You know, like last year it was eight components per plate. Like <laughs> it took forever. And it was beautiful. And then this year, oh, it's rice pudding? Like in a bowl. So they wanted my help to plate this dessert. And I'm like, okay, like it's rice pudding. <laughs> so they give me this huge container filled with rice pudding. And then they give me coconut cream in like one of those ISI containers with the whippets. You know, you shake it and it comes out foamy. But I'm like, you should have just put thickeners in the coconut cream and folded it in. Anytime you use these kind of whippets, and I can't even think of, I'm sure there's an actual name for it. I can't think of it right now. And anytime you use one of these, you know, the foam doesn't keep. I sprayed it into the rice pudding and then we folded it in, you know, but he's just like, put the coconut cream in here and then fold it in and then just ladle it into 32 bowls. And I'm like, this is, this is like what they're getting. It was basically a bowl of rice pudding, like coconut based, and then they serve condiments with it, like different sauces and toppings. And I made like the strawberry raspberry jam a few days ago for them. And it tasted good, you know, it was like homemade. It was very casual. And I'm thinking, oh, I can just give him this. Like, so next year I can just give him like vanilla pudding and that's good. Like, I don't know. So here I am. We're having issues with these like whippet containers because I don't think the top was matching the bottom. So the air was coming out. <laughs> and then I accidentally squeezed and then all this coconut cream I came flying out. <laughs> like, Anyway, so we're like laughing in pastry, like, you know, figuring it out. And it was fine, we did it. And then we're just filling 32 bowls of rice pudding. The chef was like, watch out because there's some spices in there, like whole cinnamon sticks and things like that. And we're going through the container and there's like two cinnamon sticks and this huge amount and this huge vat of rice pudding. I'm like, you just put two cinnamon sticks in there? That's what they got was rice pudding. But the thing is, he's like, put the coconut cream in the rice pudding, fold it, and then he just walked away. And I'm thinking he's gonna come back. Like, this is not my vision. You know, I don't know what exactly you want. And then he just walked away and he never came back. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just do that then. It was bizarre. So yeah, that was a dessert, was rice pudding. Nothing against rice pudding. I love rice pudding, and I know I'm in disbelief that they served rice pudding at such a high-end event like this, (laughs) but it was just so odd because we put so much effort into it last year, and this is just rice pudding. And I guess it's just me being a pastry chef. I want the dessert to be the star of the whole event, right? Like, that's the point. It's the last thing you eat. It's the last thing you remember. And if it's just rice pudding, you're like, oh, rice pudding? (laughs) So that's why I guess I'm just in disbelief of it. Because in my desserts, I put so much time and effort and thought, you know? And then it was just like, these group of chefs, you could tell they're just chefs. They're not into pastry. So they're like, oh my god, yeah, I have this amazing idea for dessert. Rice pudding no (laughs) don't do that but just the whole setup took forever like usually plating you get it all done like salad main course dessert in an hour and a half you know this took like three hours I mean it just took a long time then dinner was followed by boy George who sang a concert for these people after maybe like eight songs. And that was cool, you know, because I grew up with Boy George in England, super big. Boy George. (laughs) So there he was. I'm happy. Boy George is alive and well. And his voice was great, super great voice. But it's funny because you have this image in your head of what a person looks like. And then you see them live, you know, like 30 years later. And of course they look different. I mean, they've aged, that's normal. That's why I'm just physically tired. And I went to bed and here I am, like I can't, I can't sleep. So I'm like, okay, let me just, let me just record. But it was funny because David Chang was given a list from one of these, you know, top people in Hollywood. It was a list of everything he does not eat. And he showed this list to his team. And he's like, guys, we need to give him something that he can eat. (laughs) And literally, there's nothing. Like, everything on the list, he doesn't eat. So it ended up being just, like, you know, vegetable. I mean, what else is left? But he didn't eat tomatoes. So certain vegetables he didn't eat. It's just crazy requests. And then people, they give their own recipes that we have to make. Like, alongside the muffin recipe, there was also these overnight oats. But, so you have these oats, regular rolled oats, right? And then we had to blend them till they're fine, like oat flour. And then you add water, and they wanted matcha powder, and then you leave them overnight to thicken. And then they didn't have any sugar. So the only sugar that was left was like stevia. And then they wanted it topped with a mango puree. Like it's just, I don't know. (laughs) Just the amount of requests. It was just out there. That's what's going on. <laughs> I didn't realize I was basically working such a long day yesterday because I didn't make the dessert. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't need to stay like all night. But then the chef wanted me to stay for like support. I'm like, okay. But then that morning I went to a body pump class, which probably wasn't a good idea, you know? So I'm like more tired. And then the people in that class I think most of them have an office job, so they're sitting most of the day. So in the morning to do body pump is like good, you know, because they're (laughs) being active. Meanwhile, I'm on my feet all day and in the morning I did body pump. The previous evening, I went out for a hike. It was a sunset hike. So John broke up with me. Yeah, I know. Um, It was unexpected for me too. It always is. See, that's the thing. Am I, like, just oblivious that I don't know when all of a sudden they're turning the other way? Like, I really did not see this coming. Like, I never see it coming. But is it, like, me? Am I just in denial or not seeing signs? So, like, he had some personal issues health-wise. And I'm like, I understand. I'll cook for you. I'll support you. Just try to make you feel better. And first of all, this health issue you had, you didn't even tell your parents you didn't go to the doctor like there were signs of this years prior and you never like tried to seek out any information or tell your family so this happened a couple weeks prior it was just an issue we had i won't talk about it in detail i said you should probably tell your family you know because he didn't know what it was coming from so he didn't want to tell his family to freak them out but If this has been going on for a while, you know, just say, just tell them. Because in the end, if something happens and they never knew, like, that's worse. You know, like, I know when my mom, she died, and then I found all these journals of issues she had, and she never told me. Like, I get it. She didn't want me to worry. But it's also almost more hurtful, you know, if you don't tell. I mean, I get it. In the end, it's your choice, but it's also selfish I said just tell your family and go to a doctor and see if you can find out where this is coming from so he took my advice he did all this you know and I said anything you need like let me know I'll support you any way I can and we went on this hike a couple weeks later we planned this for a while it was a 14,000 foot mountain <laughs> I mean, I love hiking and all of it. I I really wanted to hike up. We went camping the night before. He set up the whole tent. He carved sticks to roast marshmallows. He created this whole fire. He made this soup. It was very impressive. And I'm like, wow, like, I love this. I love that he's a survivalist. And I don't have to worry about any of this stuff. Like, I have no interest in putting up a tent, like I love camping and all that stuff, but I really don't want to put a tent together. Like that is not something I need to do. So if he's really good at it, if he's good at making fires, you know, to make food, I'm like, perfect, this is great, you know? So he did everything and I was super impressed. We had such a great time. We're roasting marshmallows, we're laughing. I don't know, I'm doing like clumsy things and then we're laughing about it. The next morning we wake up, we pack everything up. We go hike the mountain. And I did not think this mountain would be this difficult because I hike a lot and it's not straight up the whole time. You know, I'll hike, it'll be straight for a bit, then up, then a little bit more straight. Like it, this mountain was constant up. Like you could just see the path going straight up. And I was like, oh my God, like it was so intense. I would just feel my like mouth getting super dry and I'd stop to drink. It was, it was definitely a workout. And then he'd be behind me like, yeah, just take all the time you need, you know, like like super not out of breath. I mean, I wasn't like, yeah, I was, I was breathing hard, you know, but not like insane, but still I was feeling like, oh, I'm out of shape because he's not breathing hard at all. And I'm thinking, oh God, <laughs> like here I am trying to impress him a little bit. We went straight up and then it started to snow. We didn't make it all the way up to the highest ridge. We started a bit too late. You know, we were out there hiking for seven hours because then you have to think about coming back. And then down is, you think down might be easier than going up? No, it's not. You know, it's just harder on different parts of your body. And I had hiking poles with me to help my knees, um, which is another story. (laughs) We hiked a good way up, we just couldn't get to the very top. It was just too intense. And then the weather was too extreme. It looked like there was gonna be thunder and rain at the top, so then that's dangerous when you're in a 14,000 foot mountain. So we went back down, which just getting back took another like three hours. But now I know what to expect, you know, when I do it next year. Obviously it's gonna start snowing soon, so that's done. And then the next day, that night, it snowed on any mountains that were above 12,000 feet. So now all the 14,000 foot mountains have snow on the peaks already. So we kind of got that hike in, you know, just before everything changed weatherwise. As we're driving back to Aspen, driving away from the mountain, I could really see how much more there was to go. And I was like, oh my God, I, I don't think I could have done that. Because just when I thought I was at the top, we wouldn't have been. It was like kind of inside a crater almost. And then you have to go up out of that crater to get to the top, and that was like another 2,000 feet. My legs were so sore, like three days later. It was crazy. I don't know, but it was fun. You know, we had a good time. He even said he was impressed by how I was hiking and I set the pace. I'm like, okay, like, thanks. (laughs) You don't have to say that, but thanks. Thanks. Even that morning before we hiked, he made breakfast and he did another fire. Like, it was good, you know? And Harry was talking about making me dinner for Thanksgiving and all this stuff. I'm like, I never asked for any of this. I never asked you to talk about Thanksgiving, the things we would do over the holidays. The following week, I guess his health issue comes back up again. And I don't know he spoke to his family or whatever. Next thing I know, he's like, I need to talk about us over the phone. He's like, I want to talk to you in person tomorrow. And I said, what do you mean? What do we need to talk about us? I said, if you're going to break up with me, just tell me. He's like, I need to focus on myself. I'm not ready for a relationship right now. And basically on top of that, I don't have feelings for you. And I'm thinking, okay, that's just mean. Like, you didn't have to say that last part. (laughs) Like, for real? Like, why are you talking about Thanksgiving if you're like, you don't have any feelings for me? And in my head, I'm like, I don't believe that last part. Basically, you're just pushing me away. You know, I'm trying to help you and be supportive. He doesn't want me to see him get worse. You know, but that's not for you to decide. Like, isn't it up to me if I want to be with you and help you through this? You know, like, you can't just push me away in advance thinking this is going to get worse. And even if it does, like, what if I want to help you? right? So yeah, he basically pre-broke up with me to help me. I don't know. But he's like, we can still talk. I'm like, no, we don't. We don't need to. He brought over some of my things that were at his place. And, um, and that was it. That took an unexpected turn. And I felt kind of emotionless, you know, because I was just like, wow, like I thought maybe this could go somewhere because of all the things he did. Like if you felt nothing, why did you go out of your way to do all these things for me? I then messaged somebody from prior who was still interested. And I said, let's, you know, do something this week. So two days later, he's like, yeah, let's go for a sunset hike. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) so I met with this other guy, let's call him Tim. We met, we had good conversation. He's a nice guy. And we went up for a sunset hike and it was beautiful. And then later on, he's like, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. And I said, what page is that? (laughs) Why don't you tell me? And he's like, well, I'm not looking for a relationship. Um, I'm like, oh, you just want to hook up. He's like, no, you know, like, we can do things and hike and, and be friends. I'm like, "Okay." But the thing that's interesting. So I went to the doctor. I made an appointment. I had this itching in my ear. And I thought, maybe it's just excessive wax. You know, I had done ear candling in the past. They showed me afterwards, and it was horrible inside. And I don't know, is it a scam? (laughs) Like, is it supposed to look like this inside the ear candling thing? But it was very black, and I thought, this was inside my ear? You know, obviously, there's wax, too. And as it melts down, I guess it, it pulls out any wax and things in your ear, and it turns black? Like, I don't really know. I did feel better after, and this was when I lived in New York a few years ago. I did notice I got less headaches, I could hear better. And I thought, oh, well, maybe there's something, you know, going on with this, like in a positive way. So my ears were itching, and I thought maybe I need to do this ear candling. And then John said, I'll help you. You know, he was very, he was very helpful. And I said, great. <laughs> But then the ear-candling stuff arrived, and the day prior, he ended it with me. I'm like, well, great, Now, now he can't help me with my ears. So I went to the doctor, and she looked inside, and she said, your ears are clean, there's nothing going on. So she prescribed these drops to put in my ears, you know, in case there's like some sort of a bacterial infection or something, you know, she didn't see any infection, but okay, so I pick up this prescription. As I'm at the doctor, I'm talking about my knee. Because I injured it skiing. But the thing is, I remembered the other day, I didn't injure it skiing. I mean, I did. Like, the initial time I injured it was last year. I went to Rocky Mountain National Park, and this was when I was with, I forgot his fake name. <laughs> what was his fake name again? It was with my ex fiance. I totally forgot. Maybe I'll just call him Corey. All right. <laughs> so. <laughs> So I was at Rocky Mountain National Park. I was on this rock, and it was this beautiful lake, and I took this whole video and picture, but it was packed there. You know, the leaves were changing, and this man wanted the same picture I did. And he was like, oh yeah, that picture looks ideal. But the thing was, he covered up where I went up the rock. So now I had to go down another side of the rock, because he's blocking my path. And I go down a different side, and it was slippery. And I slip, something in my knee, like a joint, you know, or something in there, cracked. And I'm like, oh no. Then I get mad at myself, you know, why am I this clumsy, like, why am I always injuring myself? But it was bad, and I basically just got to the park, and I'm thinking, I can hike here, I can do this, you know, all this stuff I was gonna do and I even booked a spot there for the night to camp. I walk back to the car and I'm just sitting there. This pain is throbbing, you know, it's not good. But I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go on this shorter hike. (laughs) Cause I'm insane. Cause I wanted to go on this four hour hike and it was uphill and I'm like super mad at myself sitting in the car with this throbbing knee pain. Because something in there cracked. Like, it was not a good sound. And then instead of, like, being supportive to myself in my mind, I'm just, like, tearing myself down. You know, it's like, we're so good at doing that to ourselves, right? You know, so I'm like, ah, oh, I'm so stupid. Like, you know, clumsy. Like, all this negative stuff, right? But then I'm just super sad about the whole situation. You know, like, I'm living in a different country. You know, my ex-fiance, he's in Switzerland, I was just trying to be adventurous and see the area around me, you know, but then I got super sad because it was a really packed park, it was very busy, and there were just families everywhere, couples, you know, everybody was just having a good time, and here I was by myself, and normally I don't mind, you know, I don't mind, I want to do things because I'm not going to sit and wait for people, that day it really bothered me, and then I injured myself. The rest of the day was just sad, you know, and everything I could see were just couples holding hands. And I really, really missed my ex. I mean, he wasn't my ex at the time. So I went on this smaller hike, which I shouldn't have done. I mean, it just made the knee worse. But I'm like, I drove four hours here. I'm going to do something, which is a terrible mindset. But, you know, this is what I do. Like, I like to torture myself. And, or <laughs> well, I definitely did that day. And then I go to the campsite, and I find a spot to call my ex. You know, and he's being supportive, and I tell him how sad I was. And then that's the day that he started to tell me how he went to go see my friend, the other woman he was seeing. And he comforted her that day. You know, and that was kind of the beginning of that whole saga. I got back home, you know, my knee pain got better. Like I took care of it. And I totally forgot about that whole thing. And then in January, I went skiing on a ski date. I was trying to go like a little bit faster. Well, it's like the minute you get more confident, that's like when you fall, right? Or at least I do when I'm skiing. And I was feeling pretty good. I was going faster. And then I hit this like mogul and my legs separate and I start flying and I fall on the same knee and it cracks, like it does this crack. Nothing's broken, but it's like the same thing as it was when I was at this national park. And again, I continue skiing. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine, (laughs) let's go. (laughs) It wasn't quite like that, but this was a ski date. I'm not gonna be like, oh my God, I gotta stop now. Like, no, let's do a few more runs, you know, terrible. And I totally forgot about this prior pain, took care of it got better and then randomly like a couple weeks before this hike the 14,000 foot mountain my knee pain started again I didn't do anything I thought maybe I bumped it at work but I was just living and my knee starts to hurt like really really badly and I'm thinking why is this coming up like I didn't do anything and I thought it's like the recurring pain from skiing because since skiing and I heard it I can't do a child's pose I can't like sit on my knee like that my knee has to be opened up a bit more randomly this pain just starts and I'm thinking why is it starting or I don't know if you've seen this show called Insecure I saw it on Netflix and in one week I saw the whole series I mean this started years ago <laughs> so I couldn't stop I was just addicted I saw was it like seven seasons in a week I don't know, four days, probably less than that. This is like a few days prior to John breaking up with me, but I just got hooked on it and I couldn't stop watching it. So after work, I just wanted to clear my mind and I would just watch like three, four, five episodes. There was this one episode where Issa is talking to Lawrence in the show and she had cheated on him he basically comes to her apartment to pick up some of his things. And they have this deep conversation. It was honest. She just apologizes to him and saying that she still loves him. And it affected me. I didn't even think about this next part. Like, I didn't think about it. But I'm like, yeah. Like, I I felt so strongly to email my ex. Now I forgot the fake name I gave him just now. But um, <laughs> my ex fiance So I wrote this email. I thanked him for his support, for being there for me when my mom passed, for helping me move to Aspen. You know, I am happy here, I love the area. I don't know, it was almost like a release and I felt good doing it. You know, I sent it. I don't care if I hear back, it's not about that. It was like my own release. I'm really good at holding grudges. If I write a person off, if somebody's like betrayed me, if somebody's talked badly about me, if somebody's wronged me, I'll write that person off, no problem. And I'm not saying that's the right approach. It probably isn't, you know, but I totally had written him off. But I was mad, I was still angry. Just about the whole situation, the way it happened. Somehow in that email, I just released everything and I wasn't angry. You know, it's over and I thought, I feel good about this. I noticed that my knee pain got a lot better. You know, I don't think that it's a coincidence because I was using everything. You know, I was resting it, I was putting cream on it, I was stretching, and the minute I did that, the next day, the pain went down like 50, 60% by a lot. And it's so interesting. The grudges we hold, the issues we keep and don't talk about, like we bury things, right? But that goes somewhere. Like our thoughts go somewhere and it manifests in different ways in our body. You know, everything is connected. So yes, you know, when people say, oh, forgiveness, you got to forgive. And I'm like, yeah, you do, I guess. But I don't know. It all happens in a certain amount of time. And then the next day, John breaks up with me, which I'm like, wow, that's kind of, is that coincidental? (laughs) I don't know. But it was just weird. And then I was thinking about last week's episode, the fermentation. My kombucha is the bomb. It is so good. It's getting more and more effervescence. It's delicious. And I was so wrapped up in this kombucha, I still am, <laughs> that I totally didn't talk about the obvious fermented foods, chocolate, you know, but I've talked about this in the past. I guess I was talking more about other foods that you yourself can do at home. but. Chocolate is fermented. That's why it's so high in antioxidants. It's an aphrodisiac. That's why if you eat cocoa nibs, super healthy, it's basically raw cacao. It's raw chocolate before anything has happened to it, before it's been, you know, ground up and made into a mass. But there's no sugar added to it. It's just the pure cacao. And then, of course, beer. I mean, beer is fermented. That is good for you. It's good for your stomach, you know, obviously in certain amounts. Beer and chocolate goes really well together. So does chocolate and wine. Years ago, when I was working in Arizona at a golf course as a pastry chef, Deschutes Brewery from Portland, Oregon, wanted me to create three truffles using their beers. So I made a white chocolate ganache with their IPA, and I dipped it in a dark chocolate a 55%. I also made a coffee ganache using their porter, and then I dipped that in a dark chocolate, and that went really well together. And then I don't remember the third one. But my point is, beer and chocolate works great together. Like anything. Wine is fermented. Sake is fermented rice. Obviously wine, fermented grapes. I mean, we know this, right? But yeah, I was like, oh, I didn't mention these. I was looking at pictures, when I went to Arizona, after Japan, to clear up my storage, I found these childhood pictures, and I, and I took some, because there was a huge box of photos that were never put in albums, and I went through them. I probably just sat there for four hours going through pictures, you know, laughing, crying, like, what the hell? Why did they take these pictures? <laughs> and I took some, and I looked at them again the other day, And it was funny because I thought that I was always overweight. And I looked at these pictures and I'm like, no, I wasn't. It was interesting because even when I was normal, like I was never skinny. I was never like thin, even though when I was a child, like I was, I think it was more after my mom had a car accident, you know, when I started taking care of her and just I think that whole thing. That's when I started carrying more weight. But in my head, I always felt fat. You know, I was looking at these pictures and I'm thinking, I wasn't. Like, why is it in our minds we're like totally over-exaggerating? You know, we have this terrible self-image of ourselves where even if we look great in our minds, we're like, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong. I got cellulite, I got this. Like, how terrible? Like, why are we always beating ourselves up? you know like I looked perfectly normal and good yet in my mind I totally remember oh like I'm fat you know I have to wear like the spandex under my dress because I have this bulge of my hip (laughs) you know I feel like especially women and I guess men too I don't know I'm, I'm a woman I'm in my own body so yeah like I guess it's just society, you know. It's society. It's TV. It's our parents, our moms, like beating themselves up, and then we pick that up from them. And it's just these generations just continue. And I remember my grandmother, my dad's mom. She would always be like, "Oh, watch what you eat, because you gotta find a man that has money." And it's like it's just the things we're told that are totally ridiculous from each generation down. I'm like, yeah, I, it would be nice to find somebody who has money so that they can help invest in my cafe. <laughs> like, Totally selfish reason. And I would still continue to work. It's not even that I don't want to work. I just like, want to open a cafe. I've never been shallow like that. It's not about that. But it was just ridiculous. I was looking at these pictures. I was looking perfectly fine. And it made me sad to remember my thoughts of myself back then. You know, and it's not like I'm, like, thought-free now. Like, no, because now I have other things. I'm getting older. Like, I go to the doctor. Right, and that was a thing. At the doctor, I talk about my ear thing. They give me a prescription. I talk about my knee. And she's like, you should start physical therapy. So I'm like, what? I got to start physical therapy. I'm like, okay. And then I talk about my finger because... For the past few years now, I've started to have signs of rheumatoid arthritis in my finger, in my little finger. And in the beginning, it was very painful. And now, like, I have a little bulge. So, I mean, it's getting progressively worse. You know, it's not stopping. But I'm taking like vitamins, and special vitamins for this arthritis, and and maybe it's helping, I don't know. Like, now they're not painful anymore, but I'm seeing that the bone is changing, and that's scary, because I remember seeing this 75-year-old man, and all of his fingers were twisted and warped, and he had this crazy pain, and he couldn't even bend his hands and fingers. I'm like, this is terrifying. And in my head I'm like, oh my god, I hope this never happens. Meanwhile, now my little finger, like the bones are like kind of starting to bulge. And that's really upsetting to me because I mean I work with my hands all day. So yeah, I guess you're more prone to have things happen, right? If you're in that industry being a pastry chef. You know, but that is terrifying. So I asked the doctor, I'm like, Am my hands gonna end up like that seventy five year old man? And she's like, Well we don't know yet. Oh <laughs> am like, yeah, I guess we don't. But it's not looking good. And my grandmother had rheumatoid arthritis, and I remember we would write to each other. She lived in Germany. I lived in England. She would always write me letters, and then at some point she had to stop because her hands hurt too much. And that's why she would always travel to tropical countries to warmer weather because it hurts more where it's colder. And now I'm like, uh, is this going to be, like, me? You know, is this partially genetic I'm like yeah I guess so yeah I go to the doctor now like I leave the doctor I have a prescription I have to go to physical therapy for my knee and possibly my hands and I'm like wow I guess it really is about health you know if you don't have your health you don't have anything because if you're worried about your health you know you can't travel you don't know what's gonna happen like it's just everything's a risk I mean, my body's changing. I'm getting older. I don't feel old. I mean, hello, like I'm going out with 30-year-olds. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I must not look bad, right? I mean, things are definitely changing. And then I look at these old pictures, and I'm thinking, wow, like, I was so pretty. Like, Why am I so hard on myself? Now I'm still hard on myself. You know, I think I'm more accepting. Because the thing is, now I just have more wrinkles. I have like um, more sunspots. So th- the thing is, there's always going to be something to be self critical of. And that's what's awful. I've done so much. Like I've experienced so much. I've learned so much. I have so much experience, also life experience. You know, I've seen heartache, I've seen despair, <laughs> I've been through it. I've had my own mental breakdown. Which is why I guess I'm so offended with John going through this health issue. Like, don't write me off. I've had my own issues. Like, I know what this means. You know, I know what being in a rough spot means. The point of this episode, I guess it's just, don't be so hard on yourself. I don't feel like I'm slowing down. I don't feel like I have signs of stopping, but physically, you know, with my knee or issues I have. I mean, yeah, I'm not, you know, 20 or 10. Like, I'm not gonna heal as fast. And even the injuries we've had at those ages, do they ever really go away? You know, sometimes they just come back harder. Be kind, be kind to yourself. You know, and and maybe I'm saying this more to just resonate with myself. This industry is hard. It's hard physically, which is why I don't see myself in a hotel long-term. I mean, any kitchen is not easy. People are always gonna complain. There's always gonna be someone who wants some eggless, tasteless, (laughs) like horrible muffin. The point is though, I guess, do I bend over backwards for them to have it, even if it sacrifices not having any flavor, you know, my belief in what a pastry should be. Like here, yes, I have to do it. But if I have my own thing, I'm like, no, I'm not gonna sacrifice my belief in what I want to sell to people. I'm pro like healthy pastries, like I'm pro healthy things. But I don't think healthy when I think pastry. Some people do, and maybe that's some people's passion is to create vegan pastries for people. That is not my passion. You know, so if I do open something, don't expect me to have vegan. Yes, I will have like a couple of vegan things. I will, because it is a growing trend and people want different options. I won't open like a vegan cafe probably, but I love the taste of butter and pastries. I love donuts. Even though I do have a vegan donut recipe, which is super fluffy, it tastes great, I just, want to have things that taste good if a pastry does not taste good I'm not gonna have it just so I can have an eggless muffin on the menu you know what I'm saying so yeah I guess it's just about being true to yourself being fair to yourself treating yourself kindly just when you have these long days it's a bit harder to be kind to yourself but maybe don't do body pump before a 14-hour day (laughs) and then with these guys you know like I'm better now at having more boundaries. Whereas before, if somebody would break up with me, I don't know, maybe in my 20s, and they'd be like, oh, let's still talk. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, let's still talk, you know? <laughs> like, I would, I would feel bad if I didn't conform to what the guy wanted. I would bend over backwards to do things, even though I didn't want to, to make them feel better. I'm like, for what reason? Why? Like, I don't need to talk to them they're breaking up with me, like, you know, they're just trying to make themselves feel better. If you look at childhood pictures, maybe just say to yourself, thank you. You know, thank you to this body for being there for me, for supporting me, for getting me through all these events. Thank you for my hands, for creating all this art. You know, when I look back, I've made so many things. Like, even when I look through my storage, I've created so much art. Like, in my teens and high school, I was constantly doing some sort of art, and I forgot. Like, I saved it all, or my mom saved it all, you know, and put it in boxes. Like, she'd never throw away my art. I remember she had this drawing on the wall, and it was something I drew for her years ago and i looked at it and i was like this doesn't even look good and she's like what are you talking about i'm like this doesn't have the right shading this is too like two-dimensional and she's like why are you criticizing it it was perfect like you gave it to me as a gift and in that moment you thought it was perfect you know you did what you could in that moment so don't judge it now like yes Maybe you can draw better now or do, you know, better art now. But that was you at that time. And that's okay. Just accept it. You know, and I feel like that's true now. Like you did what you could at any given moment. And that's okay. You know, same with our parents. Same with grandparents. Whatever. Like the whole family tree. Were they perfect? Were they always right? No. Did they mess up? Yeah. They messed up a lot. But... In that moment, using their judgment, using what they went through, they did what they could to the best of their ability. Or that's what we want to think, right? If they could have done it differently, would they have? Probably not. Because based on what they went through, based on their learning and whatever, you know, we we choose the things we choose based on so many things, generations and society, you know? If you look at yourself in the mirror now, take it easy. <laughs> you know? Like, in the show Insecure, like Issa is always looking at herself in the mirror and talking to herself in the mirror. I mean, I do the same things, but it's usually, like, in a critical way. Just be accepting, because this is who you are now. Yeah, could you be thinner? Could you look better with this cream? Maybe. But You are who you are now, and just accept that, because with each day, you're just going to get older, right? You are never going to be the same person that you are now, you know, it's not negative. So yeah, maybe that's the episode is self-appreciation, self-acceptance. I know that I had something completely different I wanted to talk about, (laughs) but now it totally escapes me, so I guess I'll save her for the next episode. And the next few days, I'm actually flying to San Diego. I have a little adventure for a few days. I'm seeing Coldplay in concert, which I had a ticket last year in New Jersey, which I booked a year prior, but then I moved here and I couldn't go. So luckily for me, they had canceled a show last year and are redoing it now in California. So a year ago I got a ticket and I'm seeing them in a few days. So I'm super excited. And then in like basically a month I'm flying to Peru. You know, so I'm I'm excited because I'm just going for it. Like what else is there, right? You just gotta go for things. You just gotta do it. And if these men are with me or not, like I don't care. I'm in an opportunity to visit places I want to see, and I'm excited with that. I'm excited about it. So thank you for listening to an episode of Kathy Baker. I'm Chef KB. Until next time, random thoughts. (laughs) Please visit me on Instagram at Chef KB or at YouTube at Kathy Baker.